Monday, June 7th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes, our tribe beat writer. Hoynes, he's in St. Louis after the Indians completed a three-game series in Baltimore this weekend, losing two out of three, and the the last game on Sunday was one I don't think a lot of people want to talk about, but we're going to do it right now, Hoynes. Uh <laughs> What was, I don't even know what the final score was. It 18 to five, something like that. 18 to five, 18, 18 to five. And, and it wasn't even that close. And it was, it was just a comedy of, of, of errors from the beginning. Cal Quantrill suffering the loss, uh, lasting only what an inning and a third, uh, making some just horrific plays defensively. I guess we need to do a whole separate podcast on the Indians defense at some point, but uh, just the way things worked out in Baltimore, not a lot of, uh, not a lot to, to to be positive from. We'll, we'll get into Bobby Bradley in a minute, but just walking away from that series, shaking your head, going, "Wow, they can't even beat the Orioles two out of three games." Yeah, that was a discouraging series. Um, you know, they get beat what three one on Friday. They win ten to four on Saturday, and then just uh, they just you know fell on their face Sunday, eighteen to five. Joe, that's that's one of the worst games I've seen them play in a long, long time. They just, you know, and and you got to remember the competition. A team that just is, was coming off a 14-game losing streak has the worst record in the uh, the American League, and they just uh, hammered the Indians. And 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 the Indians, like, <laughs> I, I in the fourth inning they had, and you know this. <laughs> they had two guys with two outs score from second base on in, basically infield singles. I, I've never seen that in all the time I've watched baseball. I've seen it happen once, you know, but but not never two games in a row. Well, I, I see it on a regular basis uh, on my son's 12U travel team, you know, when, uh, when they play uh, tournaments against really good teams. But certainly in the big leagues, you don't see that a lot. And uh, a lot of it was – you know, things snowballing, Sam Hench just not paying attention after missing the bag and, you know, sort of getting down on himself and, and letting the run score that way. But, you know, when, when Cal Quantrill is trying to make a play and, and throws the ball away, it gets, gets all the way to the backstop. I mean, you can't blame him for trying to make a play, but you've got to get one out in that situation at least. Uh, and and he, he was trying to make the, the triple play with the, or the double play with the bases loaded. And, and just didn't get the job done. Uh, a lot of, how much of this goes back to the Indians having the youngest roster in the major leagues right now? It's, it's what, 27 and a half years old is the average age, and, and they're getting younger, uh, you know, over the weekend calling up Bobby Bradley. I, they just I, – I, how much of this can be attributed to their just lack of experience overall? Yeah, I think that has a lot to do with it, Joe. I mean, we've got a guy – and Naylor, that came up as a first first baseman playing right field. Bobby Bradley just came up uh, on Saturday. He's playing first base. Uh, you know, they started Yu Chang at third base last yesterday uh, to give uh, Jose Ramirez a day off. You've got, you know, um, Ahmed Rosario, who's an experienced shortstop, but he spent half, you know, most of the, like the first month of the season playing center field, right? The first month and a half at least. And, uh, you know, so, you know, and you've got new catchers, you know, they really miss Ramirez. I mean, uh, 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 yeah, Jose, uh, Roberto, Roberto uh, Perez. yeah, Perez behind the plate, I think, uh, you know, Hank, uh, 
Hedges and, and uh, Rivera have done a nice job, but you could tell the difference back there, especially on balls in the dirt and wild pitches. You know, no, nothing usually gets past Perez, but, you know, it, it's happening more, a lot more frequently with him out. Well, it's a combination of young guy, young starters uh, throwing more, throwing more fastballs in the dirt this year, and I think not having uh, Roberto Perez back there to to block as as much uh, leads to a lot more mistakes that way. There are definitely things that they can clean up that can be cleaned up. What are the things that they can't change right now because of circumstances? One of them is just the pitching rotation. The fact that you know they've got two starters that can go uh, that can go you know, five, six innings, and then the rest of the guys that you run out there to start games, you're not really sure what you're going to get. And it forces them to carry extra arms in the bullpen. Yeah. And, you know, it's a kind of reaching critical mass here, Joe. You like you, you said Bieber and, and Savali, you know, two guys. Right. That, you know, no, say it the right, say it the right way, Hoinsey. It's Aaron and Shane and then pray for rain. That's the way. <laughs> yeah. Aaron and Shane and pray for rain. And then, you know, it's kind of take your pick, Mejia, who I guess they don't want to go, they don't want to stretch him past 50, 60 pitches. He's gone three innings max. Quantrill, who we saw last yesterday, who, you know, in his defense, he's done a great job out of the bullpen. But, you know, you know to throw him in the rotation right now is, is <clears throat> a big ask. It's, you know, I think the most he's gone is at one time is three and two thirds. Um, you've got Henkes, who is, you know, in and out of the rotation. Um, you've got, uh, you know, uh, we've got uh, uh, Tristan McKenzie, who, ma- who made a decent start Sunday for Columbus. And you've got to figure with this stretch of games coming up, Joe, after Thursday's off day, you know, what do they have, 30 games in 31 days? And uh, you've got to figure, I, I would imagine, he's going to be added to the rotation here. And, and a lot of that has to do, it's going to have to do with, you know, what the results of Zach Plesak getting checked out today by uh, Dr. Graham in, in Dayton. He's going to fly down there and get his hand checked out. The Indians should have a report uh, before tomorrow's game on uh, Plesak and on Roberto Perez to see how his progress is going. Don't expect Perez anytime soon. He's still got, you know, hardware sticking out of his finger uh, to, to set those pins. But Plesak, you know, there's a possibility that within a, a, a week or so, or, you know, maybe sometime approaching July, uh, he, he gets back into the swings, swing of things in terms of that, you know, 30 games in 31 days that you're talking about. Uh, but, yeah, I, I agree. Tristan McKenzie, they, they just need innings. They need somebody to come out and, and give them innings and get deeper into a game than just the, the third or fourth, uh, which is what they've got so far. Tito mentioned prior to Sunday's game that he was looking to get, you know, possibility of 75 pitches out of Quantrill, but Quantrill just came out and and couldn't, couldn't get anybody out. So that, you know, that didn't happen. I think Tito would have liked to have lead Quantrill uh, Quantrill in for a little bit longer on Sunday morning. Yeah. The uh, Quantrill finished with uh, 44 pitch, 44 pitches, 30 strikes, one and a third innings, seven runs, five earned, five hits, and one strikeout. I mean, he just didn't, you know, he didn't give himself a chance. And, you know, their guy wasn't a great uh, Baltimore starter. Jorge Lopez wasn't a, isn't Cy Young. So, you know, Tito had to pull the plug there. 
just to uh, give give the Indians a chance, just right. a chance to maybe get back in the game because it was only the second inning. And if the Indians never see Cedric Mullins step to the plate again, I oh think uh, they'll they'll be happy. It just seemed like every t- every inning they turn on the TV, it looked like Cedric Mullins was coming up to the plate and <laughs> and getting a, an extra base hit. And even when he's he's getting extra base hits and getting thrown out on the bases, he was still. Sa- I'm I'm convinced he was still safe on that triple that they they threw him out at third. Or the double where they threw him out of third. So, uh, yeah, nine for nine, nine for yeah. nine, one one off. You know the the uh, the Orioles uh, franchise record of 10, 10 straight hits and ten at bats, and then finally the Indians smartened up and just walked them as his <laughs> last two time last two plate appearances. Well, it was funny after the game, Cal Quantrill. Uh, you know, just I, I don't think it was anything really directly at Cedric Mullins, but he said you know in in sort of beating himself up about the outing. He said he didn't think Cedric Mullins was eight for eight good against the Indians. And it's, he's right. He wasn't, he was nine for nine. Good. <laughs> he was even worse than Quantrill thought. So yeah. I, yeah. You know what? Scrub it, move on young team. Got to, got to erase it. Got to, got to go into St. Louis with a better attitude, a better approach. And you're, you're throwing your number one guy on Tuesday. I think that's, uh, that's going to help. There's never been a better time to register for Indian subtext Get all your Cleveland Indians news with updates from Cleveland.com reporters Paul Hoynes and Joe Noga. Get on board now by going to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians. Our subscriber-based service gives you the latest news, analysis, and more from the Indians. For $3.99 a month, you get everything we're hearing from the team and the first word before things are announced. We text you big breaking news directly to your phone, even before it's up on Cleveland.com. And you can text us directly with your questions questions and opinions on everything from the team's name to that day's lineup. And it's the only way to get your questions and comments on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. Why sign up? Hear from one of our subscribers. I'm uh, Jeff Heinerson. I grew up there in Milan, Ohio, but I now live out in Idaho. I've been here for 40 years and uh, my son was born and raised here and I got him as a birthday present, uh, your subtext. And I wanted to thank Paul for sending him a birthday greeting and to tell you that he is really enjoying the subtext. He even he's not from Ohio, but because he grew up with me, he's hardcore Indian fan. So thanks again. Jeff and all of our Indian subtext subscribers agree. There's a lot going on with the Indians and the best way to keep up is with Indian subtext. Go to joinsubtext.com slash Cleveland Indians or better yet, text Hoinsey at 216-208-4346. Again, that's 216-208-4346. We look forward to hearing from you on Indian subtext. Really, the only bright spot from the weekend was the fact that Bobby Bradley came in and made everybody go, where's he been all season? Yeah, just, uh, you know, really an impressive, uh, impressive way to come, come to Columbus, come up from Columbus, you know, and kind of, you know, he had a pinch hit double Saturday in, in the eighth inning. Then uh, he come, you know, makes his first start Sunday, three for four, home run double, three RBIs and he's hitting in, out of the eighth spot, I think eighth or ninth spot. And, um, you know, he, he swung the bat well and, uh, had hit, the home, the run, home against run a lefty. He, he hit the home run against a lefty to left field. That's impressive. And that's what they wanted to see from him. Right. Yeah. And, uh, so, you know, and, uh, <laughs> Hey, it, it, it might've been that, you know, the game 
<clears throat> garbage time, so to speak, in baseball, but it still counts. And he still went <coughs> went deep against a left-hander. So uh, that was an encouraging sign and, you know, something they desperately, desperately need. They they need some offense, you know, with, with Reyes out and uh, maybe he, you know, Bradley either, you know, can move up a little bit in the lineup and uh, really help these guys because they need it. So I guess coming out of spring training and sending Bobby Bradley to Columbus, I guess the big fear was as hot as he was and as well as he was swinging the bat and as well as he was going in spring training, would that Bobby Bradley be the guy that you called back up because you knew you were going to need him at some point this year? Was he going to be the guy that you got when you, when you recalled him to the team, uh, you know, turns out at the beginning of June, uh, and, and for him to come into those first two games back and, and do what he did, I think it's a really encouraging sign. We know that the strikeouts are coming. We know that he's going to look bad against some of this big league pitching. He's shown in the past. He's, he strikes out a lot. But what you get when he does make contact, when he does barrel the ball, and, and I'm, where did that speed come from? He was scooting around the bases this weekend like somebody shot him out of a yeah. cannon. Either he's just really enthusiastic about being up in the big leagues or this is a whole new dimension of Bobby Bradley that we haven't seen. Yeah, you know, he lost all that weight, Joe. I was looking at him. He's really in shape. He's thin, you know, he's lean and he was moving. You're right. He was he was running he was running hard. He you know, he beat out the double in, in that pinch hit double. So, you know, really an impressive thing. And I think you know, one, th one thing that was telling to me is on Saturday, he was asked, uh, do you feel any more pressure now coming up in this situation um, after, you know, they make the move with Bauer, DFA Bauer to clear away for you? And he goes, not really. There's, there's less pressure on me because they did make the move. They did make certain moves. He didn't, you know, name Jake Bowers, but he, but he did make, you know, he did, they did make certain moves that tell, told me that they're going to give me a look now, that they're going to give me a chance to get up here, to settle in and, and just play my game. And I thought that was, that was, that was an interesting way to look at it. And he certainly has swung the bat. Like, you know, he's not, there's not a lot, there's not a, a way to the world. on Yeah. His, his confidence really does look like it's showing. And it looked like it showed even before he stepped out that when we talked to him beforehand on Saturday, the just, he was exuding confidence, and that's that's really what uh, I, I think. By making the move to DFA Jake Bowers, uh, the Indians really just sort of gave him that sort of shot in the arm that Bobby Bradley needed. Uh, let's talk about Jake Bowers. Uh, did they give him enough of a look to to be able to comp confidently say, you know, this kid might hit somewhere, but it's not going to be with us? Yeah. I you know, obviously he didn't play here. He didn't play in the big leagues last year. He was at the alternate site, but the year before that 2019, they ran him out there almost every day before the all-star break before they got Puig and, and, and he was sent down. I thought he got more than a fair shot there. I think he got more than a fair shot here uh, this year. He had a hundred at bats. Um, you know, obviously they were not seeing what they wanted to see. And, uh, I think they just said, "Hey, it's time. You know, it's time. Let's go. Let's do this, and um, let's do it. You know, and and let's see what Bradley has, and let's commit to him, and and 
give him give him a shot. It sounds like he's going to be here for a while. Is it an admission that they lost out on that trade when they dealt Yandy Diaz to Tampa for Jake Bowers? And now part of that trade was that they got uh, Carlos Santana back for two seasons. But does that sort of make up for the fact that you basically traded almost straight up Yandy Diaz for for Jake Bowers and Yandy Diaz is now a pretty important piece for the Tampa Bay Rays. Yeah. You know, I think it, it, you know, obviously this trade did not work out for them. You know, I think, and they finally admitted it, you know, Diaz has had a, Yandy's had a hard time staying on the field when he has, he's been productive for them. Um, But still, I mean, this was a guy, you know, it was a, a guy that, I don't know. They, 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 they must not have thought he I was going to hit. I don't think. I, I don't think Tito and Yandy Diaz ever really saw eye to eye on a lot of things. You know, I remember a couple of, of instances where Francisco Lindor had to go and sort of play translator and be a meet, an intermediary between the two, asking about you know, you know what they expected of him. Uh, and and I don't think either of that's on you know Tito or, or Yandy or, or whatever. Uh, it's just, of course, fans are going to look at it and say. Well, he's, you know, they, they traded Yandy away and now look what he's doing. But there's, the Indians have a rich history of, uh, of guys like that. Uh, you know, I go all the way back to, to Brian Giles. I, I just think that, and that's the one that kills me is that, you know, he, he could have been in the Indians outfield for years. And, uh, you know, they, they own. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. So, uh, you know, I, Jake Bowers, I think attitude had a lot to, to do with, you know, why he wasn't productive here. Um, I just, who knows? We'll see if, if he catches yeah. on with another team, if he's, if he's a productive player at some point, I think, you know, good on him, but the Indians had to move on, like you said. And I think that they have to adjust their expectations now at that position. You know, they have to realize that Bobby Bradley's going to strike out a hundred times now that he's on the team. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they know that. And I think, uh, you know, they already, you know, uh, Francona was saying, uh, yes, you know, yesterday that we don't expect him to come up and play a gold glove defense at first base. You know, he's, 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 he's learning on the job, you know, and, and Bowers did have an edge there, you know, he was a better first baseman. So, uh, you know, you know, that, that's part of the growing process too. And, and uh, we'll have to see that. And the interesting thing to me, Joe, is, if he if Bowers goes unclaimed, would and the Indians would the Indians try to keep him in the minor zero, league? Zero chance Jake Bowers accepts an assignment to Columbus. <laughs> yeah. I I think Jake Bowers uh, he, when J, if Jake Bowers never goes back to Columbus, Ohio again for the rest of his life, it'll be too soon for him. Uh, he he really does not like uh, being at AAA. Uh, Moving forward with Bradley, where do you see him getting the, mo- the majority of his at-bats uh, against righties and against lefties? I think against right-handed pitching, he could, he could be the DH. Uh, I mean, I know Tito's been enjoying that flexibility, moving Owen Miller around, having, giving guys days off now that, that Fran Mill's not there. But with Fran Mill out of the picture, will Bobby Bradley DH against righties and then maybe play – uh, if, if he plays, play in the field against lefties, uh, I can't imagine him starting many games against left-handers. Yeah, you know, I, I, that's a great question, you know, and, and 
you know, Francona said they brought him here to play. You know, he's not going to be a pinch hitter. He's not going to be, you know, coming off the bench. Uh, maybe, maybe he gets a chance to play against uh, left-handers. Or are they a better team, like you said, with, with uh, Chang at first base and maybe him DHing against uh, cert, you know, certain right-handers? I, I don't know. It, right. It's going to be. I, I would imagine against lefties that, that Josh Naylor moves to first base, uh, plays there or Chang starts at, at first base and, you know, you put Harold Ramirez and, you know, when Jordan Luplo comes back, you, you put him, cause I guess Jordan Luplo's close. He was doing baseball activities uh, the other day on his, his sore ankle. So uh, yeah, I, I, and, and getting into Harold Ramirez, uh, Ramirez, another, uh, you know, sort of bright spot on the weekend for the Indians. He hit in the, in the four hole on Saturday, uh, you know, had a, another couple of hits on Sunday, a home run, a couple of doubles. Uh, Harold Ramirez really sort of, uh, you know, paying off as a, as a move to, to, to claim him from the Marlins. Yeah, definitely. Him and uh, Eddie Rosario on Saturday in the, in the fourth and fifth spots had six of the Indians' 13 hits. Um, you know, uh, Hernando, uh, Cesar Hernandez has a leadoff home run in the first. Then uh, Ramirez hits an, a two-out homer in the first. So, you know, he's really swung the bat well. He's, he's been a, a pleasant surprise for them, for sure. He's, uh, he's barreling the ball uh, uh, more often than pretty much anybody in the lineup since, since joining the team. Uh, so we're calling him Barrel Ramirez. Is that it? Uh, <laughs> that's, uh, that, that's the new nickname. I, I think that needs to catch on. I think that needs to, uh, to definitely be what the Indians use moving forward. All right, uh, off day today. We'll get medical updates tomorrow, uh, hopefully from Tito before the game. Uh, Shane Bieber on the mound uh, against Carlos Martinez tomorrow. Should be a really nice matchup at 8-15. Uh, Hoynes, we'll look forward to uh, your uh, your coverage of the, the series there. Quick two games in St. Louis. Uh, a lot of fun there at Bush Stadium. 